I want to spend a minute uh, with you this morning on a passage of Scripture that goes along with our baptism time that we had this morning in the pool. That was pretty cool. That's going to go in my, in my notebook on, uh, on this day. My last daughter being baptized. This message is called uh, The Prisoners Are Listening, and I want to start, um, we're going to be talking about Paul and Silas in jail. You're probably thinking to yourself, what in the world does this have to do with baptism? I'm glad you asked. I looked at an old message I did way back in the year 2000, before some of you were even born, and, uh, and I looked at an illustration that I gave of cell phones. Do you, you, do you know that cell phones are not that old, right? They're, they're a fairly new invention. I remember growing up and I saw... Um, What's his name? Michael Knight on, on television, and he could talk to his watch, and his car would show up, you know? I thought to myself, wouldn't it be really cool if we could have, like, a mode of communication that we would be able to be in contact with everybody around the world whenever we wanted to? And now that I have that, I really, really dislike it. <laughs> Don't like it at all. Uh, that phone buzzes on a regular basis, and, and it's always when I'm doing something, and it's buzz, buzz, and I'm doing something, and it's, it's like, come on, I wish I didn't have this mode of communication any longer. Careful what you wish for. In the year 2000, I don't know if you remember this, but this was a very popular phone. One of the first ones that came out. Anybody have one that looked like that way back when? All right, so now looking at my message I did in the year 2000, I thought, I wonder what kind of issues we were having with cell phones. And you probably, I didn't remember this, and maybe you do, maybe you remember, but one of the main things was um, you couldn't keep your own number. You remember that? You always had to switch your number, so it was like, what's my phone number? You felt like an idiot, never keep your own phone number. Uh, they were new and cool, but they kept having issues. You, you, the, the little buttons there, my thumbs are like elephant trunks, so I couldn't actually get one button. I'd always get three at a time. Did you get a flip phone or a smartphone? Remember that? Remember the flip phones? Some of you probably had it. You're going, they changed from flip phones? So, yes, they have. Uh, you couldn't get a Bluetooth, you couldn't get anything like this that would hook up wirelessly to your phone. If you could, you were looking at three or $400 to buy anything with a Bluetooth capability. Uh, and, and you could never get one of these that came on a watch. It w wasn't back then. In fact, one of the main issues that they were having way back in the year 2000, you remember this? You could listen in on other people's phone calls. And they were trying to figure out how to stop that, and they were trying to do all these different things uh, some people could hear what you were saying. Some people would pick up the call on their phones. Uh, and apparently the waves were all, with, were all uh, mixed up. And so you never knew who was listening to your call, who was listening in. Reminds me of a passage of scripture that uh, I want to talk to you about this morning. And interestingly enough, it's on this issue of baptism. It deals with Paul and Silas. Now, Paul and Silas were on their second missionary journey. That means that they, were, they had gone out, sent from a church, and they were turning the world upside down for Jesus Christ. They were in what we know now as Europe. And they were traveling all through Europe, a little further than they had gone before, on their second missionary journey. And one of the first people that we are recorded of that came to faith in Jesus Christ was a woman. I know, can you believe that? Way 2,000 years ago. Christianity has always been on the cusp of new things. Uh, breakthrough moments, and this was one thing that happened in the early church. Her name was Lydia. She accepted the Lord, and eventually, more and more people accepted the Lord, and they, they were turning the world upside down. They were establishing churches, and then they met this other girl on the street. This girl would follow them around wherever they go, and she was possessed by a demon. She would follow them around, and she would say, listen to them. They speak on God's behalf. These are servants of the Most High God, wherever they went. And it was this demon that was in this girl that was trying to create 
a sense of a panic or havoc wherever Paul and Silas went. Now, what, what the demon was saying was absolutely true, and if anyone would know, it would be a demon, right? So this demon would constantly say this, and Paul and Silas, they finally had it. And so they turned around to this girl and they said, we cast this demon out. And guess what happened to the demon? Gone. Now, here's the problem. That demon was talented. That demon could tell the future. And the girl that it possessed, the girl was a slave owned by somebody who used that for income. So if you wanted to get your future told, he would give you the girl, the girl would tell you your future, and you would pay him. When she doesn't have the demon, is she able to tell the future anymore? No. So what do you think the owner thought of Paul and Silas? <laughs> what, what do you mean you cast out the demon? I want that demon back. That demon was my source of income. Put the demon back in the girl. Uh, she's an idiot, we all know that, but put it back. But Paul and Silas, they, they released her. She was free. She became a believer. And that master of that girl became so angry that he threw Paul and Silas in jail for taking away his income. This is where we pick up the story. They throw him into jail, and they beat the living tar out of Paul and Silas in verse 23. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order... He put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, how do you think Paul and Silas would feel at this moment? Give me some ideas. What do you think? Joyful? Happy? Defeated? They don't want to die? Panicked? What? Ang how about angry? They're doing the work of the Lord. They're doing the work of the Lord. And how does God reward them? <laughs> Go to jail. I would think they'd be a little bit ticked off. Paul and Silas, however, don't feel betrayed by God. They don't cash in their faith. In fact, in the next verse, we find out exactly what they were doing. I'm glad you're sitting for this, because it says it in verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were, what were they doing, church? Praying, Praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, first of all, their faith is outstanding, right? Get thrown into the jail. They should be having all these negative feelings. Instead, they're singing and they're praising God. And what are the prisoners in jail doing? They're listening. Practical application. When you're at your lowest, do you pray to get out of it or do you pray that God uses it? These guys are in jail. And jail in their day didn't have TV and you know, massage therapy and you, know, you get your degree. Didn't have any of that. In that jail, they're in shackles, they're in a dungeon setting, they're in a not good uh, situation. But they decide while they're in jail, this is where God wants them to be. They look at this, I know, they're crazy, as an open door. They're praising, they're singing God, and the prisoners are listening. The key phrase, the prisoners were listening. Not on a cell telephone, they're listening to the witness these guys are giving. These guys were not singing, nobody knows. <laughs> right? Wouldn't you? Swing low, sweet Wouldn't you? Something, something sorrowful, something. Come on, God, listen to me. No. They were singing something that caught the other prisoners' attention to the, to, to the point where they knew that they were singing praise songs to God. Do you know the difference between a dirge and a praise song? You come to church, you don't really want to sing too many dirges, right? Because Jesus is risen. Why sing dirges? Let's sing praise songs. And they're in jail and they're singing praise songs. Instead of blaming God, 
the God who allowed them to be put there, they took advantage of their situation and they worked for God even while they were in prison. And guess who listened? Guys who would never have listened to them outside of that prison. Guys who wouldn't give them the time of day. Guys that were actually in prison. Listening to the testimony of these two folks. Paul and Silas saw a deeper reason for their circumstances. That's what faith is. Faith is the ability to see or to trust what we cannot see and to hope in what we cannot touch. These guys believed that God was doing something beyond what they could touch or know. They had an unbridled, unfettered trust in God. And it only built their faith stronger in what he was doing. Now, this is the reason we baptize. We baptize so that we can give people who had been in bondage to sin and set free a moment in time to proclaim their faith in Jesus Christ. We give them a space so that they can share with you and with everybody else who was doing laps in the pool. We could give them an opportunity to hear that God is great. On my way out from the locker room, the little girl that checked us in, just a lovely, lovely girl, she said, thank you for doing this today. I said, well, it's our pleasure. She said, I go to church today. I go to church at this other church in town, and I loved hearing those testimonies this morning. She heard our testimonies this morning. She heard you that got baptized. She heard, and so did everybody else. And that's why we do baptisms. We don't do baptisms because it makes God love us more or it furthers our ability to get in with God. We do baptisms because God leaves us here to speak our faith because people are listening. And you never know where they are. You never know who's really listening. The question is, am am I listening to what God does in my life? Can I listen? Did I hear the testimonies? Did I really listen to the conversion testimonies of these folks who got baptized this morning? Do I recognize the reality of my personal situation? You know where I see this the most is when I do funerals. I do funerals for, for folks that are young to old. I do all kinds of different funerals. And people come in and they sit in the funeral, in the, in the service, and they see where they're going to be in a few years. And most people will see it and they will listen and they will stand and they will walk out and they will do nothing about it. They will buy insurance for their lives. They will buy health insurance. They will buy insurance for what happens if I lose a limb. You can buy insurance for anything you want. But the most important insurance that they could possibly have is insurance for their soul. And they see what's going to happen and they still walk out and they forget what manner of person they are. James says, that's a foolish person that looks into a mirror and sees the kind of person that they are and turns around and walks away and forgets. These folks in this prison, they were listening. They were listening, listening, listening to what these men sang and praised God and the words that they used, just like we listen today at the pool. Here's what happened in verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Party time. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to, Harry Krishna, about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Prisoners escaping on your shift 
meant you were going to die in some bad, nasty ways. You dropped the ball. And the Romans, they weren't like the, ah, quesera, sera, it happens kind of people. They were going to discipline this guy and his family. It's like, uh, it's like in the untouchables. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his friends dead. I want his house burned to the ground. That was the Roman soldiers in Jesus' day. And this guy was about to kill himself because he knew bad things would happen if these prisoners escaped on his watch. But here's the amazing story. Verse 28. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is a question of a man searching for answers. This is a question of a man who is desperate. This is a question of a man that thinks he's going to die tomorrow and is only interested in the bare essentials. Don't give me the fluff. What is important now? What do I have to do to be saved? He asked Paul, <laughs> because Paul is the one that said, don't harm yourself. We're all still here. I don't know why the prisoners stayed. I have no idea. Maybe they were terrified. Maybe they thought they were all gonna be buried in the prison with the earthquake. I don't know why, but they're all free and they all stay. And Paul says, don't harm yourself. We're all still here. This jailer was only interested in the bare essentials. What do I have to do to be saved? And now here's the key verse. Verse 31. They said, Paul and Silas, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. The first thing I want you to see is what they didn't say. They did not say, live better. They did not say, go to church. They did not say, do a few Hail Marys and count your rosaries. They did not say, go get baptized. What did they say, church? Believe. Believe in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. What they reserved for this point of time, for the most essential part of this jailer's life, was the bare essentials. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. That is the most important thing for us to do. Everything else might have been important, but it did not rise to the first level one priority. That is always believe in Jesus Christ. Believe also always precedes everything else. That's why in the Great Commission, in the book of Matthew, Jesus said, go into all the world. Do you remember this? He tells the church, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He said, go and make disciples. First, because belief in Jesus Christ is the most essential thing. Following Jesus will change everything in your life. You, you will get baptized after that. You, your life will change after that. You will find a friend that sticks close to the brother after that. You'll find release from sins like you never imagined after that. You'll put your head on your pillow at the end of the day and you will know there's no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ after that. But the first thing that happens is belief in Jesus Christ. Everything follows after that. 
The most essential thing for you as a church to know, and for me as a, as a, as a, a church, part of this church to know, is we have to believe in Jesus Christ. That is essential. Everything follows after that. Verse 31. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night. This is the jailer now. And washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. And then he brought them up to his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. They were listening. His family were listening. The prisoners were listening. They rejoiced because he believed in God. Imagine this household tonight. I mean, this guy was just beating Paul and Silas, and now he's feeding Paul and Silas. Does that not rock your world? That tells me the power of Jesus Christ to change a heart. Because I don't know what kind of a heart you would need to beat the living tar out of somebody, but it's a special kind of heart. And to have that heart transformed into where you are feeding the very people that you were beating, that's a special kind of heart. Somebody was really listening. More than just a passive understanding of words going in one ear and out the other side, this was a real listening to what Paul and Silas were saying. And it changed this guy's heart. And not only did it change his heart, who else's heart did it change? His whole family. He began a generation of believers of Jesus Christ, a generation of disciples of Jesus Christ, a generation of followers of Jesus Christ. And by the way, put his family at risk by doing so. Why? Because he understood this is the most important thing for me to listen to at this point in my life. Listening for the witness. The picture swings from the prisoners to his family. And this family was really listening for the witness of their dad. Now in the first century, uh, in the first century in Roman world, if the dad made a decision, the family just kind of followed suit. It's a little different than today, where the kids are suing their parents. A little bit different. This is a, this is a, a, a kind of a, an idea where if dad follows the Lord, dad knows more than we do, we respect dad, we're gonna follow his lead. And this dad came to know the Lord and changed the life of his family. His family didn't automatically get saved. They would have had to made that decision all on their own, but because he believed, they believed. And that's what baptism is all about. When we baptize, we give folks an opportunity to share their faith. This is what God did in my life. This is the kind of person that I was. This is the kind of person that I am now. Just like the Philippian jailer. And our prayer is that everybody listening would really listen. Because we don't want you just to hear a story. We want you to hear life change. We want you to hear about a God who can take a heart, wash it off, and give you a brand new one. We want, to get, we want you to hear about a, a God who can change your life only, but can change the life of your family, your kids, your surrounding family. Just like with Ray and, and, uh, and uh, who else got, uh, Ray and Renee. Renee. Renee got baptized today from the same family. I'm looking for you, I can't see it. There you are, Renee. Got saved, been saved for a while, but today they got baptized. And my prayer for that family is that family, uh, would just explode and would begin to bleed down into the lower generations. Your family's being changed for the Lord. You're, you're growing roots that, that don't go this way, they go this way. 
You're building into the lives of your kids like I want to build into the lives of my kids where I can send them out into a world that desperately wants to crumble their lives to pieces, eat them up and spit them out, and I can send them out and know that they're going into the world as witnesses for Jesus Christ because their roots are deep. They really listen. This is the power of the change that God can do in our hearts. These have made a covenant with God and we are listening and we are watching. I think it's really interesting that we're not told how the rest of the prisoners responded. Isn't it? Did they stay? Did they leave? Did they run? Did they ask Paul more? Why did they stay to begin with? We're not told any of that. We're not told if they really listened. I wonder if some of them, after all of it was over, walked away free men back into their lives of sin back into their shackles that Satan would be glad to put right back on them. Taking the miracles that they just saw God do and pitter them away. I wonder how many were really changed like the jailer's family was changed. We know the jailer was changed. We know his family was changed. They really listened. And my prayer for you this morning is that you have really listened to the power of the witness of these who have been baptized and the truth of God's word. As time goes on, <clears throat> our world gets smaller and smaller. People are more interested in listening to other people's conversations, right? <laughs> we wanna know more and more what's going on in the lives of others. The Russian probe going on right now is all about what people heard and when they heard it and who they heard it from and we all wanna know who said what to who now? I was actually sitting in Starbucks putting this message together and there was a guy next to me, like literally at the table next to me, on his phone giving some pretty intimate medical information to his insurance company, and I'm sitting right there listening to him. I'm amazed at what, what our conversations are like in a public setting, and we're so used to it. We almost expect to be brought into these intimate conversations that other people have. Sometimes it more, it more might be interested in gossip and garbage and less in truthful, meaningful conversations. But I want you to know this morning, you have been invited to listen to a powerful, spiritual, intimate, life-changing conversation. All the people that were baptized have invited you into their lives just for a minute so that you could hear about the God who has changed their lives. Were you really listening? Did you really hear what they were saying? They have given witness of truth. And every Sunday, when we get together and we sing and we praise the Lord and we share uh, a word from God's word, we give testimony as to what God is doing. And over time, God does work. But he only does it if you really listen. So many people go to church and don't listen. They go to funerals and they don't listen. They hear their parents talk about Jesus and what God has done, but they don't listen. You have been invited to come in and listen to some intimate conversations about a God who changes lives. My prayer is that you're really listening. My prayer is that it has changed you this morning as you have been invited into these stories of God's amazing grace. Right? Ah, Philippian jailer and his family. Can't wait to meet them. You know, we'll get to see them someday. To see, what, why, why, why did this Paul guy change your mind? 
from committing suicide? What was going through your head? It's going to be an amazing conversation. Let's pray. So Father, we come to the conclusion of our message this morning and you were there in the midst of this activity when Paul and Silas were thrown into jail. You created the change in the heart of this jailer and then created change in the lives of his family members to the point where they all became disciples. They changed their hearts, their beliefs, and they followed you. And then they were baptized to declare that the change was real and deep. Thank you for the story. Thank you that we can learn from this truth that happened so many years ago. Thank you, Lord, that even today people still listen. We may think that they're not, but they are. And so, Lord, I pray that, pray that our witness would be strong, vibrant, hope-filled, and true. May you speak through us. May you call us and use us as your ambassadors because we have a world full of prisoners shackled to their sin that are desperate for hope. And so, Father, I pray that you would use us to bring them real hope, just like Paul and Silas, to that Philippian jailer. Grateful for the morning, grateful for these that have shared their testimonies and have laid this path out for us to learn on this morning. May we have listened well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.